Hello and welcome to episode two of Hollywood Haymaker. Actually, the technical first episode where we're really talking about something sure. of importance. That's yeah. the plan. I am Dustin Dubuque. And I'm John Hanson. And we're here talking all things Halloween since we're releasing this on Halloween. Absolutely. We're so smart. Nobody probably else thought to do this in any other movie podcast out there. A Halloween to episode. To do a Halloween episode. On Halloween. About Halloween. And what are we going to talk about? We are going to talk about Halloween 2018. You have to put the parentheses after so people know. Right. Because there's I, actually three movies called Halloween now. Why? Put a subtitle. I dislike that. I want to start off with one thing I don't like about a movie is that don't have the same name. It frustrates me. Especially in the same genre. It's bad enough when I see a movie. Do you ever see a movie like with a generic name? Just like, I don't even know. Babylon? It's like, this has already been a movie. You realize <laughs> that, right? Like, that's a name of a movie already. And, but Well, this one's in a different genre. I'm like, well, but still. Right. It's already a movie. And I think that with any movie. Like, when Halloween came out, I realized that's just Halloween. And everybody had to put 2018 on it. I'm like, oh my gosh, why is this a thing? Well, just call it something. I think the name of the movie isn't the only thing that's not original about it. What? what? You're kidding. <laughs> I saw pure originality when I seen this. When I even right. saw the trailer, I thought, "What? A, wow, they have reinvented the wheel. So, <laughs> if, if you haven't seen Halloween 2018 yet, um, well, first of all, good for you. Um, it's... It's not a great film. Um, it, I, I wanted to like it. I've been a fan of the series. I've seen all of them. I think there's, what, 12 of them now? It's up there. Yeah. Yeah, 11 or 12, something like that. Yeah, if you count all the remakes and the sequels they've done. And I've, I've honestly enjoyed, I would say, most of them. Maybe all of them. Um, some more than others, but they've all been kind of fun. You're so, gen you're so gracious. <laughs> so gracious with the start of this. Well, I, I guess... When it comes to movies like this, like slasher films, I guess my expectations are not real high. Well, yeah. right. They're, they're supposed to be kind of fun and uh, not be taken too seriously. And, you know, you want to see some maybe some cool death scenes and things like that. But um, as far as the the plot and things, I don't expect a whole lot. Right. Um, this film, so Halloween 2018, it it's a... A direct sequel to the very first Halloween. Yeah, Halloween. so none of the other ones matter. Right. Which is fine. Yeah. It's a good way to do these kind of reboots. They're sure. Not like full reboots. It's more of just we're going to ignore a lot of the sequels, but um, still be true to the very original. So in this film, they, they do mention that Michael Myers is responsible for five deaths. Right. So that would have been the first movie. Um, Jamie Lee Curtis is back. She's older now. And... Pretty, uh, pretty angsty. Yes. She has lived the last 40 years with that fear that at some point Michael Myers will return for her. And yeah. And for us as an audience, we know that Michael's return is inevitable. Right. Of course. She it, shouldn't know that his return is inevitable. You know, I'm, so here's my, here's my thought on her character in general. It's not, uh, it's not surprising. Like, if you think, like, in the movie, I started to realize I was thinking about the first one, the original. And I was like, I could see that that would traumatize a woman. Sure. Like, to the point where you could go off your rocker. But for the last 40 years, he's been locked up. 
He, this is well, a guy. And, but that's why in the movie too, they're like, maybe you should calm down. <laughs> I mean, it's not like nobody else is like, this is probably smart. Like, yeah, you should have this bunker in your house and live off the grid. Yeah. But everybody is telling Lori Stroud, her daughters, her granddaughter, you should, you should take a chill pill. It's been 40 years. Right. She's, she's got guns. She's been training with, she's got like a, an arsenal of weapons in her home. And, um, she's, she's kind of preparing for this inevitable return yeah. of Michael. And she's pretty badass. Yeah. I, she does a good job of like a kind of a, an old lady that can, she reminded me a little of, uh, Linda Hamilton from Terminator 2. Totally. I think they even had her in like a, a green wife beater. I had the point. exact same thought. Yeah. So there's a little of that in there. You know, she's getting ready for this return of Michael Myers, which we know is coming because right. this is the, the 11th or 12th movie. Right. Um, it's it just, a slasher movie. They don't die. Right. They stay alive forever. Yeah. Well, I think that's the reason why they made this one is because it's been a couple years since they made the last one. They're going to just keep making these movies. Of course. Um, they keep making money. Yeah. And that, that's really that's really the problem with this film is they, they made it just to make it. There's nothing original here. There's nothing new. No. I can't think of a single scene in it that stands out in my mind as being particularly interesting. There was no, there was no deaths that were particularly creative. It was right. And you know, so here's my first, so they start off with these podcasters coincidentally that are like trying to get to the bottom of Michael. Michael Myers has not said a word. That was his big thing. You know, he doesn't talk. So he's been 40 years locked up in this prison and they, they're like doing all this work to get Michael Myers to talk to them. Again, it's been 40 years. What makes you two think that he's just going to talk to you? And you think Laurie Stroud's never been approached in 40 years to talk about this? Like, little weak. And the fact that she talked to them for like, what, three grand or whatever it was. I'm like, you think she has not been offered more than that for like, let's say this is a real story. It's been 40 years. You don't think NBC has a lot more money to throw at Laurie Stroud to come on TV? Like, I, those are little thoughts I'm having. I'm like, weak. But that's right. fine. Yeah, they go to her home and they, she won't talk to them and they, they offer her. Yeah, money. Like, not much. That's the point. Like, it's just not very much. It was money. like 3000 It was yeah. 5000 or something. Come on. Come on. People get a lot more than that in 2018. But they're, po- I get it. They're podcasters. Small detail. But, so yeah. So, of course, they're going to move Michael Myers from one prison to the next, which we all know is when he's going to get loose. They mm-hmm. don't show that they, all of a sudden the bus crashes. Yeah. Boom. He's loose. <laughs> yeah. A couple, a couple supporting characters just sort of stumble on this bus, which is off the road. It's kind of in the ditch. It hasn't really rolled over or anything. There doesn't appear to be any damage to it. You just assume that Michael Myers somehow got out and killed the bus driver. I guess that's it. Well, cause you do learn. And again, I'm not sure how spoiler we're going to get into this. I mean, if you've watched it, it's been a couple weeks now. Um, there's not much. You kind of get what's going to happen here. Right. There's nothing that's scary. There's, there's nothing off the wall that's going to happen in this movie that makes no. you go, oh, my gosh, who would have thought? But, no, you, you've seen this all before. Right. And, but that, the the guy who played the cop, the little the guy who turns into the bad guy later, he was on the – so it gets a reason why he didn't shoot Michael Myers because he was the one who said, I'll take the gun and watch it, which mm-hmm. is proof that he didn't he did intentionally to let him out. So who knows what they – they did not say that, which was a problem. But I that was the assumption I made when the movie was over. Okay, I must but, have missed that. But and this was the beginning of the cops being just the stupidest people on the planet. That was one thing that when we keeps talking about this that I couldn't get over is – so now Michael Myers is free. Okay, so in the first one, too, and again, I haven't seen the original Halloween in quite a while. Michael Myers had a 
kind of a motive, which he still does. He's trying to kill Laurie. That's the point. But so he's he's now walking around with a machete. I understand it's Halloween here. There's kids running around. This guy does he stands out a little bit. He's like six eight and a monster. Yeah. With a real machete. Like he doesn't blend. Well, when people see him, they just react like, hey, cool costume. Come on. Okay. Whatever. But then he like the first kill he has outside of the podcasters, um, because he's always following his mask. He he has affection to his mask, the podcasters. Again, somehow have the biggest piece of evidence. Probably in the case. <laughs> right? Yeah. So they got it from the DA. Uh-huh. Okay. All right. I was done at that point. I was like, <laughs> get out of here. So he kills them. And, and probably the most interesting <clears throat> sequence to me. Like, it was... Sure. It was, it was freaky. You know, she's in the bathroom. He comes in. I thought it was... I thought that was good. That was about the only one. Mm-hmm. But then he gets into the... In the and he just goes into somebody's house that lady, and just takes her out. And my first thought was, I'm like, what purpose? He's literally walked past hundreds of people. Why is that the house he just chooses to slaughter this lady in? And I'm like, that does not fit. This isn't Jason, where he's literally seeing someone and killing them. Like, Michael Myers has a little bit more motive than that. I mean, he yeah, just... In this, in this one... That I was odd. I, I think in this one, he, he was more Jason-like and just was kind of killing... Totally. The first part, like, he's just killed... Like, that that really, like, threw me for a loop there. Because I was like, this is just a random house. Just mm-hmm. so they could get the machete kill in. Sure. Where he sticks it to her face. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, what? what's the point here? Like, why was why why did that happen? So you can have a death scene. Yeah, I, right. <laughs> Which didn't make sense for Michael Myers. Jason, it makes sense. That's Jason. He has yeah. no mentality. He kills what he sees. Mm-hmm. But Michael Myers, I always felt, was a little more intelligent than that. Yeah, not in this film. No, it, it, he's not. And and that's just one of the, the the things about this movie that I was... I mean, there's, there's so many things. I felt like they treated the character like he was this icon you know you had the podcasters that were trying to get this story and you had um you know laurie strode was kind of waiting for his return getting all prepared for him and stuff but then at the same time you had people people didn't really recognize him people didn't re- it was because again this is just a, a sequel to the first movie so he hasn't he hasn't been killing people for for decades or anything it's right. he did it the one time or two nights, technically when you the opening sequence of the film, he's a little boy and then you've got the bulk of the movie. But, um, so basically he's, he's somebody that killed five people. Right. So he's like your average serial killer. Sure. Not, and he's been locked away. From, that's four decades. But ago. he also wears a mask. That's pretty iconic. Even if it's, it's one murder, like that's like, it's iconic to us as audience members, but like but let's, the people in the film didn't recognize. What about him. Charles Manson? So say this is real life. Charles mm-hmm. Manson, even though he just died, he has the this Nazi symbol on his forehead, mm-hmm. scraggly hair. We all know him that he looks like that. And he hasn't done anything in what? Since the seventies? Right. Say he broke out of prison tomorrow. Right. You think nobody would know who he was? Right. But he's he's been on a lot more like shows and things. You think that But you think I mean the way they made it sound, the forty years, this is really important. So okay. So then so I mean that's just a thought. It so could in be this film. Maybe we haven't seen it, but maybe he maybe he has become kind of a legend. And you got to think it is the home, it is the town it happened in too. Okay. It's not like this is 
and the lady who was the main part still around. That's in my thought process. You would think that yeah. it's probably well known. Sure. The fact that there was actually no kids running around with a Michael Myers mask on, surprising to me. So you thought there should have been other characters dressed as Michael Why not? for Halloween? Let's say this was our town and mm-hmm. 40 years ago. A gruesome murder of a guy who wore a mask. So you don't think anybody would ever use that mask ever? Uh, they might be looked at as in bad taste. It could be. Yeah. That doesn't stop a 16-year-old. Right. And Which is what we follow a lot of the movie. A lot of it's about her granddaughter because that's the side story that we care about. She was pretty interesting. I don't think her story was, but I liked her as an actress. That I didn't know who she was. Mm-hmm. Um, the other problem I had um, is that Jason's murdering people, and the cops find out. Jason. Jason. Michael. Well, it feels like Jason. <laughs> right, Michael. So right. Michael's murdering people, and within like pretty soon, the cops know that he's murdering people. And still, there's no cops around. Like he's slaughtering people, <laughs> and he's still like. Lori Stroud's house is getting watched by two cops in a car. Like, <laughs> I was, like, getting, and they're, they keep finding more gruesome death. Mm. But yet nobody is being called. Why is nobody caring that kids and people are getting slaughtered? That was one, that was one thing. I, that was when I checked out. I was done at that point. I'm like, nobody cares? Like, everybody knows what's going on now. Because there's that one cop uh, played by, what's his name? Uh, Will Patton. Who he was the cop that they said was the cop that was around 40 years ago. And even though he wasn't in the original movie, is what I read. And uh, so he knows what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, you should get some backup. <laughs> like, yeah. what's going on here? Mm-hmm. And then, uh, so what'd you think of the big uh, the culmination in the house? So, yeah, I mean, it, it had kind of a... a a typical ending where they so were there Lori's they house quote unquote kill they, uh, should we give it away I don't know if we want to give it away everybody but again it's a slasher movie <clears throat> what slasher movie doesn't end this way they they quote unquote kill him at the end but it's not enough to be certain that he's dead you know right. he's going to come back again of course you so. can't kill a franchise nobody kills franchises <laughs> anymore you can't do it right. they make money well I did think another part that I that I I was okay on was uh, the ending scene. So they're in Lori's house. Jason's finally got there. Michael. <laughs> Michael. Again, Freudian slip there. Of who Who is who that I'm even talking about. I've also watched like three Friday the 13th in the past week, so that doesn't help me. Um, and uh, so Michael is there. I thought the upstairs part where she's has the gun and she's locking off her doors because she doesn't know where Michael is in the house. Mm-hmm. That was tense. There's some tense moments in there. Yeah. I thought that was okay. Yeah, like it when it okay. comes to scares, I thought that was a decent, decent section. There was a couple okay scares, but there was also some jump scares and things. And one thing I, I kind of realized while watching this movie is you can always tell if the threat is real by how the characters in the film are reacting to it. Right. It's always the opposite. So if always. they're, if they're like, what was that noise? Oh my God. Yeah. It, it's nothing. It's like a cat jumps out. Right. But if they go, what was that noise? And then the other character's like, Ooh, it's the boogeyman. Right. He's coming to time. get you. I'm Michael Myers. Guess what? He's standing right behind you. Yeah, of course. Um, so you can always kind of, they, they telegraph what what the what the actual threats are. Right. Well, and the fact that this movie, because it was co-written by Danny McBride. Did you see that? I saw that he had produced it or something. Yeah. So co- it was David Gordon Green who did 
a lot of people know him from Pineapple Express, the director of that, with Danny McBride and The Sitter, that terrible Jonah Hill movie. Mm-hmm. And then uh, one other comedy in there that kind of came out, that gen- general gist of time. So Danny McBride helped co-write this. And that's why you see, like, there's parts of humor in this movie. And they're all not very good. Mm-hmm. Besides the little kid that's getting babysat at that one point, who has a couple pretty funny lines that I actually laughed at. I'm like, they're clever. Outside of that, there was like some awkward like comedy that they were throwing in. Ah, wasn't good. Didn't laugh. Yeah. But it felt a little odd at parts. It it felt like it had some camp in it, but it, it didn't feel like it was trying to. It felt like it was meant to be taken seriously. Right. It, it was. But yeah, there was, I mean, the, the people at the theater when I saw it were actually laughing out loud. So, so am I. Parts that were not supposed to be. Funny. Right. Yeah. I like, I, I think I texted you that I had the theater. I was probably in it with, I was in a college town and I saw it pretty late. So it was all college kids. And, um, they were kind of like outright mocking it mm-hmm. at points. Like why? Like they would like, I would hear them say like, what, what are you doing? Like at the screen? Yeah. There was a part where the, the one girl ran into the woods to get away from Michael Myers instead of towards the, the police car. Right. Right. As you could see in the distance. Right. Or the fact that she ran forever. Did you ever know? Like they kept showing her running. I'm like, where is she going? And then of course she somehow runs to the house. I'm like, to me, it seemed like you ran halfway to the other side of town, the way you were running (laughs) in that. Like it was, and then like, I, I don't know. And then you had like all the characters were archetypes too. You had like the, the overprotective daughter and then Lori Stroud even was, she was just a crazy old woman the whole time. Mm -hmm. And pretty much every time she wasn't on screen, I didn't, I didn't care. I was like, I want Jamie Lee Curtis more. They even had basically Dr. Loomis. They had a new character that was uh, an older guy. That's like uh, a a psychiatrist or something that was kind of obsessed with Michael Myers. And um, And his character is stupid. I think, Laurie Strode even referred to him as yes, she the did. new Loomis. I was going to throw it out there. A couple other things. There was a couple winks at some old movie, like at the franchise, which drives me crazy. And the Dr. Loomis comment, I was like, ugh, don't do it. Yeah. This film, it was trying, I think, to kind of recreate a lot of the, the elements of the original film. But part of the reason why the original film, I think, was, was good is there's something kind of charming about those real kind of low-budget yeah. You know, they can get away with being campy at times. We're right. forgiving of it because we know, you know, these are not the best actors. They didn't have the best effects, but we can have fun with it. But when you've got a film that's got a big budget and it's got recognizable actors in it and it still seems kind of corny, we're not forgiving. Well, and does the slasher film work anymore? The I slasher film was a, do you think so? A, a, a slasher film was a place in time to me. Like, and maybe we'll get into this a little later when we talk a little bit more about some horror movies, but um, it, it seemed like the right place at the right time to me. Like, late 70s, early 80s, people were clam. I mean, when you look at the list of them that came out because of, you know, Jason, Michael, Freddy, and then all the spinoffs and craziness that came out. I mean, what in the last 20 years? Like, how, I don't know how you can watch a slasher film that's new and not go, this is just stupid. Because well, they follow the same archetypes, too. You know, there's the girl that falls down running, which happened in this one. It's like, how did you fall? Because you wore socks. It's like, I've ran around my house plenty of times with socks on. I don't need to trip and fall just because I have a sock on. The girl upstairs that gets killed. We're going to get into some recommendations here right. shortly. And uh, 
that's Actually, just a I have a, a, a slasher. A slasher see, I, I, I have a slasher franchise. I like two, but I still look at it as what it is. And, but so last thing before we move on, because you just shouldn't see Halloween and still making plenty of money again. Yeah. You're, if you're a fan of the series, you I know you're going to want to see this just because of the name, but trust us when we say there's really nothing new here. So do yourself a favor. If you're going to see it, don't pay to see it. Wait till it comes to Netflix or something. Sure. Sure. I can look you're, that. you're not missing anything. You've seen it totally again and again. Yeah, you're you're missing that. So you've talked. So just I guess the questions I have for you then. So as a franchise as a whole, you said you like it quite a bit. So like, what's your outside of the first one, which everybody likes the first Halloween? Like, what are the other ones that stick out to you? Um, I liked H two O. That was agreed. H two O is a good movie. Uh, probably the most underrated of them all. Yeah, that was when they first kind of rebooted it, and I feel like they they did. When they did Halloween 2018, they were kind of trying to do Halloween H2O, the same kind of thing. Kinda, they brought yeah. back Jamie Lee Curtis. They brought back a lot of the original elements. But um, I just think they, they did it better the first time yeah, with H2O. I agree. Um, it's just kind of been done to death now at this point. Of course. Yeah, I, I, outside of H2O, I don't have an affinity for any of them. The ones two and then the one after I wasn't into. And then both Rob Zombie ones were pretty rough. Oh, no, I liked... Um, I like the first one he did. It was fine. Yeah, I'm I'm fine with the first one. I don't dislike the second one was just oh the second the one the second one's unwatchable. It's bad. The first the first Rob Zombie one, I thought they did a great job of showing uh, more of who Michael is as a right. person. They show they introduce him. I think the first half of the film is is him as a child. Yeah. <clears throat> so they spend a lot of time letting you get to know the character, and I thought it uh, it made the character. Um, I don't know. More, more interesting, I guess. Sure. A little more human, you know. It, mm-hmm. it did show that part too, and probably the best part of the movie is it shows that he is against people. And again, this is the problem I have with this one. He doesn't kill just to kill. He 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 kind of kills the people that are near him, which is weird. Like because you know, in the first one, Danny Trejo plays what the custodian, who is the only nice person to Michael, mm-hmm. and Michael stills like well, I'm just gonna I'm gonna murder you. <laughs> Which is kind of sad, because you're like, this is the one guy that cares about your craziness. Yeah. And he still just drowns him and smashes his head into a, ta- into a table. Yeah. But that's where you kind of get, like, he goes after the people that are around him. He's not killing him just to do it, which was the big problem I had with this one. But, yeah, yeah, no, they're fine. I don't have any affection towards the Halloween franchise. I don't, like, love it or anything. I also really liked the opening sequence of, I believe it was Halloween Resurrection. Um, they had a sequence in the mental hospital and Michael Myers was in there and there was this other guy in there with him that was, I think, obsessed with, um, with, with serial killers and he knew all the facts. Oh, that's right. You remember that guy? I do. He would, I haven't seen resurrection. Oh man. I think it was resurrection. That That sounds right. Yeah. And he would, he was in it. He was in there in the mental hospital and he was like, he knew all the facts about all the different killers. Like he had their birthdays memorized. And, um, I know someone just like that. <laughs> Crazy. But, uh, Michael Myers shows up and it quote unquote kills Lori Strode, drops her off the, the roof of the building. And I mean, he doesn't actually kill her. It's sort of a maybe death. Right. Cause they always like to leave that stuff open. Of course. But he basically shows up and kills Lori Strode and then you see the guy 
in his cell and he rattles off the facts about Michael Myers and his his all his statistics and facts and how many kills he had and all this kind of stuff. Sure. And I thought it was just kind of a kind of a kick ass way to kind of reintroduce the character and to to open the movie with the death of a major character like that. I thought it was it's solid. Yeah. Yeah. So I like that one. Even though I always kind of knew it wasn't necessarily her actual death. Right. It's a maybe death. There's no one ever stays dead in movies. No. Nobody. <laughs> nobody can do it. Nobody can actually kill off somebody. All right. Well, that's good. So now let's talk some Halloween movies. Some of the ones you should see. Because, again, point of the podcast. We're pointing you towards good movies. Please watch good movies. And stay away. We'll point out some of the movies that maybe you should stay away from. But, so do you have your favorite horror movie? Like, well, if you had to pick one, should we save that till the end to create suspense? I'll, I'll get to that. I, I think my favorite horror movie is going to be one that I think is kind of polarizing. So okay. I don't want to start with that. But All for, right, yeah, we can wait till I, the end. I, I do I, wanna, mine, mine probably isn't the most famous either. But mm-hmm. um, I do want to start, though, with a recommendation for... Because Dustin mentioned a minute ago um, that he thought the slasher genre was, what, not good anymore it just doesn't fit anymore yeah well there's one particular franchise there's there's been four movies in this franchise it's one you might not have heard of actually i think i know what you're gonna say uh hatchet hatchet yeah yeah i like hatchet i like the first one have you seen i don't know if i've seen beyond the second one i don't think i've watched the other one you didn't like the second one it's fine i got it but hatchet was good and the reason and i just want to you might say this and i don't want to cut you off uh Kane Hodder is the guy who plays Hatchet. Oh, yeah. The same guy that played, played Jason, uh, Jason in the last, from 7 to 10. Yeah. Kane Hodder's a cool dude. Yeah. Um, Sorry. Yeah. But, yeah, Hatchet's, he, he's an original character. Um, it's it's a smaller budget film, so it's got some of that charm. It can get away with some of that campiness. It's deliberately campy. A lot of the violence is so over the top that you can't, you can't help but almost laugh at some of it. Um, but if you like these kind of films, if you like slasher films and you're looking for something different, something you haven't seen before, I definitely recommend hatchet. There's, there's four of them total. There's hatchet one, two, three, and then there's a, a newer one called Victor Crowley, which is the oh, yeah. the real name of the character. Right. So, um, I think they were all written and directed by the same, the same yeah. guy. Yeah. It's like the whole same. It's yeah. Is Adam Kane Green. in the fourth one too? Uh, as far as I know, okay. I don't, I don't know, I guess for sure. But, um, but Adam Green is the guy that wrote and directed on it. Right. He's done some other good films. Too. Yeah. Yeah. The hatch. Okay. I'll give you the hatchet franchise. That's, mm-hmm. that's solid, solid stuff. I think you could watch two and three on Amazon prime too. I'm pretty sure I saw them on there recently. They got two and three, but not one. Yeah. Of course they do. Yeah. Welcome to a streaming service that always does that. Or they have one, two, and then like five and six. It's just like, what are you doing? Stop, <laughs> stop killing me over here. All right. What else you got? I don't think I have any new, slasher ones i mean i have an affinity for friday the 13th mm-hmm. i grew up on it it was the slasher that i liked i like jason i just liked watching him kill stuff like i just said i've watched parts one through five in the past couple of weeks i you know they like you just said they have the low budget campiness i mean a couple of them aren't good like part five is a horrendous movie it's it's a tough sit through like even for i thought uh What's the one where he goes to hell? Jason goes to hell. Oh, that one's bad too. That is so bad. It's so bad. That's I wish I could delete that. Five and that one are by far the two. I mean, the lowest of the low. Five was the one with the supernatural being, and you're just like, what is going on here? Well, from hell is where he could like hop into different oh, bodies or so something. So stupid. But Jason X, when they go to space, though, that one's so freaking fun. That one was, what, 2000? 
four. Something like that. Did you see that one? I, I haven't seen that one yet. It's oh, like the you only should one I watch it. It's just, you want to talk about slasher fun camp. That movie, top to bottom, is just stupid fun. There's a great part in it. It's easily one of my favorite moments in horror. So it's the future. He's in space. Because, you know, in the end of From Hell, they shoot him in space. Because, you know, they always have to get rid of Jason somehow. Mm-hmm. Great scene. It's one. Of, it's still one of my favorites. It's like one of the best comedic slasher movie moments of all time. So they're in the... He's, you know, he's, he's getting down to the end of the movie. And he, uh, the lady has the technology to put something on, in the room to fake like it's something that's not there. And it's Camp Crystal Lake. Like a of hologram. Hologram. Yeah. So he's now all of a sudden from being in the spaceship, he's at Camp Crystal Lake. And there's these two girls. They're half naked. And they're like, do you want to party and smoke some pot? And they're talking to Jason. They cut away. They cut back. Jason has one of them. Both of them are in a... Uh, sleeping bag. One of them's hung up from the tree and he's beating her with the other girl in the sleeping bag, which is hilarious in this hologram while they're trying to get away. I'm like, that's clever, stupid, and just funny. Mm-hmm. And just completely making fun of the old stuff. So I thought that was funny. But you should watch that one. I'll get around to it. I've been meaning to. I just haven't seen it. And that was the last one Kane Hodder was in. Yeah, I think um, for a slasher film, I think for them to be good, they, they can't take themselves too seriously. Right. You got to kind of have fun with it. Get creative with the deaths, like, like you pointed out, the beating somebody with a with another person in a sleep. Yeah, and, and Jason X has some. How often do you see that? Kind right, of thing, that know? was so, so funny. Yeah, Jason X has some pretty good stuff on there. So that's the one. But outside of that, that's about as much as I got. I thought the pleasure. the Friday the Thirteenth remake was pretty good. What the one that came out a handful of years ago? Yeah, yeah. I just saw it as another slasher. Just as many kills as they can throw into a movie. Yeah, but they had fun with it and got creative. Sure. I need more than that. <laughs> you're the one that just told me you're watching movies that are killing just to kill. That movie is killing just to kill that remake. Uh, well, yeah, but they were f- fun kills. <laughs> okay. That's the differential. They have to have fun <laughs> during the kills. All right. What else you got? Um, there's, there's a movie called Let Me In. Which yeah, I really enjoyed. Did you watch Let the Right One In? No, and I've one? heard that that one's better. It is. It may it may very well be, but I've only seen But Let seen, Me In's good though. Yeah. Me. I've only seen Let Me In. So Let Me In is um it's a very it's kind of it's kind of actually a slow-paced film, but it's it's very uh atmospheric, yeah. very creepy. And um which Let the Right One In is too. Yeah. yeah totally. Well, the the remake was good. It did. It did the same thing. It yeah. did, did a good job of that. And the the killer in it is actually a young girl, which is, you know, you don't see that very often, right? Uh, it was Chloe Grace Moretz. Yep. Who I do adore. I think she's great. She's great. She is. Yeah. How old was she when she made that movie? A teenager. So, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. So what that movie? That's probably been ten years now, right? Probably. It was probably right after yeah. Kick Ass. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, she's probably there. She's probably. 15, 14, 15, 15, yeah, 15 yeah. maybe. Yeah, so so it's just a really creepy movie. Um, so, yeah, that's another one I'd recommend if you haven't seen it. Um, I do hear that the, the original is better, so maybe see that one, but I haven't seen the original personally. But Yeah, definitely see them both. Mm-hmm. Worth both. Worth, worth your time for both. Are they different? Uh, yeah. I would say that the American version is a little lighter. Yeah. I think the Japanese is the original. I'm pretty sure. I, know I thought it was European. I is it, it was... European? Uh, maybe I, I watch a random amount of horror movies that are foreign. So I, 
It might be. Either way, it's very atmospheric, the first one. Like, they they definitely do that. I think the, the newer one was, I mean, it's American audiences. You have to change it up a little bit, but either, they're both good. Mm-hmm. It's fine. You won't dislike either of them if that's your thing. Okay. But they're different enough that it's worth it to watch them. Totally. All. Yeah. I remember the endings being different, which was good. Okay. Yeah. All right, what else? I'll let you rattle off a few more. Um, Sam Raimi did one. Now, he, Sam Raimi is best known for for Evil Dead, which I'm personally not a big fan of. The first one? Any of them. I'm okay on two. I feel like I they're, two is more fun. I feel like they're trying to be campy, trying to be funny, totally. trying to be fun. But for me, just never. Never were. Did you see the newest one? The new, like the remake? That oh, that one was good. I didn't think so. You That movie was the goriest movie I've ever seen, probably ever. Uh, me and my wife sat in the theater. You want to talk about a movie? I went, wow, did they just take a premise through two or three nods to the old one and kill and bloody everything as much as they could? That's how I felt about that one. Well, uh, I guess I enjoyed the fact that they, they just really went for the horror. And the, the Evil Dead films, to me, were always sort of in between horror and comedy. They, right. they were they, comedic horror movies. They were never totally. hilariously funny, and they were never terrifyingly scary. They were just sort of hanging out. Kind That's of why they middle. have that cult, that cult following. But the reason why I brought up <coughs> Sam Raimi is he did make a film that I, that I did feel was both scary and funny. Um, it's not as well known as Evil Dead, but it's called Drag Me to Hell. Oh, is that the one that came out what? Seven, eight years ago? Something like that. Yeah, I didn't like it. Keep going. You didn't like it? No. What did you like about it? I, I haven't seen it in a while, so I really can't throw out all the reasons because I just won't probably ever watch it again. I just remember not. I just, I honestly can't tell you why because it's been a while and I haven't rethought about the movie in a long time, but uh, I just didn't have, I just, I remember coming out going, Ugh. For me, that was what I wanted Evil Dead to be. It okay. was, I thought it was funny and gruesome and scary and sure. it, it, it was successful at both. See, yeah. And again, I, I, I have a, when I have a movie I think was average, I usually forget they exist. So I wouldn't, I just don't remember anything about right. it. I remember I just, I, I just remember I didn't, uh, I don't know. I'd have to reread a little bit about it to remember why I liked it. Yeah, it was, it was a lot of people did. And that might've been a movie too, that I had high expectations for, because I remember when it came out, people were blowing it up. I think when I finally watched it, I, I maybe didn't get the, the hype. Maybe that was it too. Give it another shot. I think it's, I think it's a fun one. It's, it's just a fun, scary kind of movie. Okay. Drag me to hell. Sure. Maybe I'll watch it just for you. Sure. We'll see if you're lucky enough. What are some of your favorites? Um, so some of the ones I wrote down that I really like, uh, and I'll try not to get the couple that I know we both have. Um, so a movie I, I really do like is I do like Rob Zombie's House of a Thousand Corpses and Devil's Rejects. Yeah. I really do. Mm-hmm. Um, they're both so different, but the, the thing about them that Zombie did, like House of a Thousand Corpses is pretty off the wall. You know, it's out there. It maybe doesn't all work, but I think just the creepiness of like what the hell's going on is fun. But he created three serial killers that you like. Like these are terrible people. And that's the reason why Devil's Rejects is, is kind of dirty feeling is you watch it. And in the beginning, you know, they're getting chased by the cops and they have people locked away in cages downstairs. And if you watch the original, you know, they murder people left and right midway through the movie. You're rooting for them to get away from William Forsyth, who plays the cop. And you're like, 
Ugh. I don't want to root for these people. Gross. But they created three different characters that were all three likable while being terrible people. Like, even Otis, the one who cuts the guy's face off and wears it, is kind of charming in a way. Like, they make that scene where they're... Because, you know, they're family. And, like, they want to get ice cream, and he won't get ice cream, and then they, they get ice cream anyway. And they make fun of him because they've got ice cream. I'm like, you shouldn't like these people. These people are terrible. But... It, it, there's so much to them that I like both a lot. I love The Devil's Rejects, and I love the ending. I I like those movies. I don't know if I felt that I cared about the characters the same way you I've did. I've talked to a lot of people that totally agree with me. That they did. They're like, wow. like Because the ending part with the free bird, and they get killed in the car. Killed, considering they're coming back for another movie next year. Um, you kind of like are like, oh, that's sad. Like, they almost got away. They're like, but is that sad? It's terrible. I I didn't react to it the way you did. Oh, okay. I, I enjoyed the movies. Don't get me wrong. I, I do recommend those movies. I loved House of a Thousand Corpses. I thought it was a, a true horror movie. Uh, it kind of reminded me a little bit of Texas Chainsaw Massacre. It totally did. The zombie took the parts of the mass Chainsaw Ma- Massacre I like, mm-hmm. which is the crazy family dynamic. I yeah. love the Chainsaw Massacre where they're at the table. And you're like getting these creepy people mm-hmm. in this bum hillbilly house that are like feeding... You and then they've just people hung them from. The, I I love that. That's my favorite part of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre movies. Yeah, and I think House of a Thousand Corpses came out at a time when it had been a while since we'd seen a movie like that. Like right, a really, it was a really kind of gruesome, right. just truly horror movie. Right, there had been a lot of so-called horror movies coming out, a lot of PG thirteen right. kind of stuff, but a lot of ghost movies and things. Yeah, it did come out at that time when ghost movies yeah. were hot. Awesome. Haunted house movies were hot at the time too and mm-hmm. you know it helped that Rob Zombie just showed up and was like, "Hey, I'm going to make a movie." That was his right. first one and like, "Well, this should be interesting." And, yeah. And it was. I mean, yeah. there was ex- I also like the parts that there's there's like unexplainable parts. They just happen. When you've already set up a movie that's like that, it's totally fine. Like it doesn't matter. Like craziness is just going to happen. Yeah. Like the last 15 minutes get quite insane. Yeah. But it all works to me. Yeah. I'm like, some people didn't like it for that aspect, but I did. Oh, I thought it was great. Yeah. Uh, Devil's Rejects, I didn't like as much. I felt like it was more of an action movie. It didn't have a lot of the horror and gore. That it was more of a, th- yeah, more of an action thriller. With the, I think he realized that he had, th- again, I think he realized he had three characters that people wanted to know more of. Yeah. Where else is corpses? They're kind of all over the place doing their thing. Yeah. And we got to follow, like, I, I still I love the Devil's Reader. I think it's terrific. Yeah, I just I think it's good. I think it's, I think it's good. I just don't like it as much as House of a Thousand sure. Corpses. That's fine. But they're both probably because I wasn't as fond as you as of the characters. I was. I liked them. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I was. I, I was really into both of them. That's the reason why I think I liked them as much. Um, another movie that I had another newer movie. Well, newer, fifteen years ago that I love, but you might not. But I don't care. Is Hostel, the original one. Mm. Can barely stomach that. Really, I love it. I think it's. I think it's. Again, it came out probably a year after House of Thousand Corpses, and it was Eli Ross' debut. And I just thought it was. It was, of course, the beginning of the whole torture porn stuff, which I think is ridiculous. Um, Because when you rewatch it, so many people pick like the the two gory part. If you really rewatch the movie, it's not that as gory as you really believe it is i mean it's, it's there is a scene though there, where somebody holds a blowtorch to a woman's eye yeah and they cut it out i understand that's a bad scene and that's, then, and then they kill hard these, for me to look at yeah but i thought the atmosphere he created was truthful 
Like it all felt believable and all felt like it could happen. And I was interested in the fact that they were Americans and they're stuck in Europe, which is already a little sketchy when stuff starts happening because it's not as easy to kind of get away from when you don't know anybody and everybody around you that you think you can trust, even though they're just chicks that you want to have sex with is it. I, I understood all that. And I, I, I always, I always just thought it was good. Yeah. They were and, lured to the facility. Yeah. They were lured to the hostel by the girls Some and that's how they that, get them. Yeah. yeah. And then there's millionaires that pay to torture people. That's like the shtick of the movie. Mm-hmm. And, and I, so many people remember it as like this torture film. I'm like, it's really not. There's one sequence and it's barely that bad. When I mean, evil dead, the new remake is way worse in about every way when it comes to violence. Maybe it's because this one felt more real and it felt more like sickening that people are paying money to trap these people. And a lot of it goes into that too. But I think his revenge and his way of trying to figure out what's going on, I thought was really good. I I like Hostel a lot. I really defend that. It's probably the only Eli Roth movie that's even remotely decent. And I like Eli Roth. He's a cool guy, but the movies he makes aren't great. What are the other films he's made? Well, he's made the second Hostel, which was not good. That was torture. That was all, let's get as much torture as we can get. He did Green Inferno a couple years ago. Which one? With Green Inferno, which was the Hannibal, Cannibal Holocaust. I don't think uh, I've heard of that. Yeah, it came out two or three years ago. I'll talk about Cannibal Holocaust again. Do you know what Cannibal Holocaust is? No. In the 80s? Yeah. Um, so I'll just talk about it now since it's a segue. Um, so Green Inferno... The first time I remember learning of Eli Roth, the first thing he had was a green, uh, Cannibal Holocaust t-shirt on. Cannibal Holocaust was made in 1980. Found footage movie. Um, where it was about these like six backpackers. They go, they go on this uh, backpacking trip into like Africa. And uh, um, they eventually get murdered by the indigenous people. And eaten and tortured and all this stuff. And it's banned in multiple places. Like the Ital- It's an Italian movie. The director was tried and had to prove that the people weren't really killed. Like it was like a, it's like on the band movies list of you can't, you shouldn't watch it. And, uh, that seems like it'd be a short trial. Couldn't they just walk in there with him? Kind of. That's what they did, but he still had to prove like other things. Like he killed real animals in the movie that didn't go over too well. Like there's, I think four scenes, five scenes where animals get killed and they really kill them. It's like, well, that wasn't great. That wasn't great. You should have done that. And it was the eight, 1980. It's like, like they take a monkey and they just cut its head off. And you're just like, Shouldn't have done that. Yeah, I don't need to see that. Don't need to do it. Yeah, it's pretty rough. Yeah. And I don't like watching animal stuff like that. But um, it's really good at the same time because, again, we'll talk about another movie. But it feels pretty real. Like, mm-hmm. the found footage is decent for the 80s. It's edited. Blech. But when they get to the indigenous camp and, like, they're getting, like... Because, you know, again, they're stuck in a situation that, what do you do? Like, how do you get away? Like, how do you physically come out of this if they're going to torture and eat you? Mm-hmm. And um, so it has a really famous, like, cult following. Gilead Roth pretty much remade it into a modern version. He says he didn't. It's the same movie. And That's the it's green, green Inferno. It is Inferno. insanely violent. Is that another, is it found footage again? I don't believe so. Okay. No, I think he just made a normal movie about okay. some, like, uh, protesters. It was like, protesting the rainforest being uh chopped down and then eventually they fall into the people and the people like there's a whole part where they take like the fat guy of course this guy you know right away is gonna be the first to go and they uh dismember him 
on a table. And I mean, full on dismember him and cut his tongue out. Everything. It's crazy. It was ridiculous. I mean, it was just a blood gore fest. It sounds like another one I don't need to see. You don't need to see it. Like, and then he did like, and then the other one he did recently, he did that knock knock with Keanu Reeves. I heard that was bad. It was bad. Yeah. So bad. Had an interesting point, but executed poorly. Mm-hmm. And then uh, he has a couple more in there I can't think of. But did he do the Cabin Fever films? Or was it? Yeah. Oh, that's right. Hostel wasn't his first. I'm sorry. Kevin Fever was his first movie. Okay. Yeah, the very first one. I thought Kevin that was Fever was okay. Yeah. The that first one. Interesting. There's a couple parts that didn't make any sense, but interesting yeah. concept that it's that they weren't dying by anything but the water. The water was diseased, yeah. basically. And they yeah. were. I thought that was interesting. Yeah. And nobody knows why. And then the way towns, the townsfolk react is it's worse than what it is. But just don't drink the water there. So, yeah. I defend Hostel. I think it's great. What else you got? Um, let's see. Um, well, you, you got to see Shaun of the Dead. Oh, right? yeah. I, I assume most people have seen that. I, I do, too. You don't need to talk much if on you, it, but Shaun of the Dead yeah. is. If you haven't seen it, you must. It's close to perfection. Like, it is, it's probably in my, it's for sure in my top 50 movies ever that I've ever seen. Never gets old, but watch it if somehow you haven't seen it. I like Zombieland also. Yeah, I did. You didn't like Zombieland? No, absolutely not. Why? I didn't think it was funny. I don't oh, think I, I don't think there funny. was anything funny to it. I, I I got out of it and I was actually I remember I was writing my I was writing movie reviews with somebody else for the paper in River Falls at the time. And uh we would do dual reviews and our reviews came out. She actually it was funny because I thought I was like and it was primarily read by college kids and younger people and stuff. And I'd been writing for six months at the time. Hadn't really had anything too crazy. And mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm going to get butchered for this Zombieland review. Because people started to understand who I was. And like, and I still gave it, I think I gave it like two out of five stars or something. Because like, it was, you know, there was enough get there for me to get through it. The lady who wrote the review next to me gave it like a half star. And just destroyed it. Really? And I was like, Thanks. Took the heat off me because she destroyed it. And I was like, well, that's good. But everybody around me loved it. I'm like, nothing. Nothing's here. Oh, Bill Murray pandering. That's what that is. Bill Murray was great. It's pandering to the audience. That was just a cheap, cheap pop. It was cheap. You like Bill Murray a lot, I though, do too. Like Bill so Murray. I'm going to throw your bias to Bill Murray in there. He was great. That's the only part anybody remembers from it. No. The whole movie was. If I ask 10 people that saw Zombieland to tell yeah. me a part of that movie, how many do you think say the Bill Murray part? Uh, well, yeah, I mean, it's definitely a standout sequence in the movie. Still, but I, I enjoy the movie. I'll I enjoy. You. I enjoy the whole movie. I think. I think everybody out there should I, not see that. I tend to enjoy zombie movies though, in general. And I thought I thought Zombieland was a fun one. It, I mean, you know, it was a zombie movie. It's trying to be fun and something different, but I just didn't get anything out of it. No, oh, I liked it. <laughs> um, That's funny. Another one that uh, I really enjoy, and this is probably one that a lot of people have probably seen, but um, I still want to talk about it, is The Ring. Oh, sure. Um, and the reason why I want to talk about Only it is, the first one. Yeah, the first one. Um, the reason why I want to talk about it is I usually don't like ghost movies or demon movies or exorcism kind of... Sure. Anything supernatural, I usually, uh, I usually don't get that into it, mainly because... I don't really believe in any of that kind of stuff. And it, it just feels like I'm watching a special effect reel. Sure. Um, I agree. You know, that 
It is hard for me as well. I'm watching like a like a haunted house movie or something. The door slams on its own. I'm like, yeah, somebody had a string tied to right, it and they pulled right. it. You know, or of course, in The Exorcist when the girl's head spins all around. I'm like, eh, it's a doll. You know, yeah, that's a 1974 movie. Sure. You've got to give it some leeway. But any of these, even modern ones, you know, I'm like, oh, it's yeah, I have troubles. Graphics. Like, yeah, and again, we might talk about some movies, but like, like The Conjuring, mm-hmm. people think it's like the the greatest, like probably the best horror movie of the decade. If it's a, and if it's I a computer generated ghost or something, yeah, I, I don't feel anything right. watching that. Right. I'm just seeing computer generated sure. imagery. But um, the Ring is a supernatural film that I really enjoy because, um, I like that it um, it had kind of a a moral message in it, like you know the the premise of the ring is that if you watch this videotape, you, you basically have a curse on you, and the only way to get rid of it is to show somebody else the videotape. And so it kind of raises that question: What would you do? Would you would you willingly show somebody else the videotape? Or oh yeah, <laughs> oh yeah, I have seven days to get somebody else to watch it. It's done. <laughs> No way. Um, and I like that the movie really sticks with that concept. Yeah. You know, a lot of a lot of these kind of movies, I feel like they would have some corny happy ending where they figure out how to erase the curse. You know, watch the video backwards and it, it Yeah, it come eliminate. up with some way to you're the person that's gonna destroy it. Right. And yeah. then the curse is destroyed for all humanity. Um, this one doesn't do that. No. It really sticks with that concept. You must either show somebody else the tape. Right, or you are dead, right? And, uh, there's really no escape in that. So I love that they stick with that concept, and I also like that. I like I like movies that can kind of get a little weird, but it still makes sense at the same time. And in this one, you know, there's all these kind of weird images on the right. tape, but over the course of the film, you sort of learn the meaning behind them, and it all kind of comes together at the end. And it even kind of makes sense why. Um, why the curse is what it is, why you have to show the tape to other people. Right. It all kind of comes together. It all makes sense. And, um, I just thought it was really strong. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. I haven't seen it in a while. It's good though. I agree with all the things you just said for that one. Mm-hmm. Did you see it follows? Yeah, actually. I, um, I was going to say that's an easy segue considering it's a pretty similar concept and premise. Yeah, that was another good one. Yeah. And it's the same concept of pretty much instead of a film, it's if you have sex with someone, you get followed by this demonic creature that can shapeshift in any form it wants, which I think was one of the scarier things I've seen. The fact that you don't know where you are. It doesn't run, but it, it will walk towards you. doesn't matter if you move to Europe. It will walk yeah. to you. So all you're doing is biding time, no matter where you go. But the only thing is you have no idea what it looks like. So <laughs> that's great. So in a movie, yeah. when a person's in a house, like, how do you, do you go do anything? You have no idea. Even if you drive a hundred miles, you know, you have a couple weeks, mm-hmm. but at some point. So, yeah. So like, it's a general same concept, but I, I, I thought that was effective too. Was that film based on anything else or was it a remake? No, it was just that. Just an original, it was original, original art house movie. That was great. Yeah. I thought so too. I think the art house movies, and this could be a probably segue into something I'm going to say. Because the last like three or four years, um, art, art house horror has really done really well. It follows was kind of the spearheaded movie of that. I know you didn't like the witch, but that falls under there too. And then like uh, Hereditary that came out this year that fell under it. And then uh, Don't Breathe kind of fell under that too. That had a little more budget than probably some of these other ones. But uh, another one was Good Night Mommy or The Baba Duke. Like these are all movies that 
for being what they were, got pretty popular. And people like were watching them, and they came on Netflix really well. And I know I read that they, people were watching and getting freaked out by them. And they're all pretty good, like, mm-hmm. for what they are. All small budget, different stories, different, all new to a point. I'm not sure how new you can get to horror anymore. But I really feel the small budget helps a horror movie. <coughs> Excuse me. Yeah. I think when you have the big budget and you start doing the computer effects and things. It kills horror. Yeah. I, I think I said this last time. It doesn't matter how good your CGI is. It's still CGI. Right. And in a horror movie, I'm like, ah, sometimes, man. This looks It's hard really to be good. scared of something that's fake. Right. If it feels fake or looks fake. And that's why, uh, you know, another franchise that I actually don't mind, and I, I've never fallen in love with it, but I don't mind watching the movies is when Insidious comes out. Yeah. I love the alternate universe they've created with mm-hmm. these spirits and stuff. And they're like, all weird, but they're all real. I, I love when they go into like the other side because it's crazy. I I really enjoyed the Insidious films, especially the first two. Because the first two, yeah. Everything everything they did in those films was done practically. Yeah, exactly. There was no computer effects. Yeah, it's even though it is a ghost movie. Yeah. Well, demons or whatever. Yeah. Um, everything is done practically. Yep. And the and uh, uh, Patrick Stewart. That's not Patrick Stewart. What's his name? The lead guy in that? Um, Wilson. Yeah, Patrick Wilson. Yeah. And then uh, I know the lady's name, too. They aren't stupid. It's like they are totally in. They get it. They, th- like, everything about it just is like, nothing dumb's happening here. Like, I, I, I like those movies a lot. Yeah, they, they were made by um, James Wan, I believe. Yeah. And he wanted to take the haunted house genre and basically kind of do the opposite of what everyone was always doing because usually when you watch a haunted house film the first thought you have is why don't they just get out of the house rose burns the lady in that movie okay the wife she's great yeah um but in insidious the first thing they do is they do get out of the house they move to a different house but they find they find out that uh it's actually not the house that was haunted it's it's their boy it's their boy Yeah. yeah So you can't really... You can't get away. Right. And so you have to just deal with it. Right. Figure out how to deal with it. I think it's great. I think yeah. it's a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. I like those movies. Just thought of them. Didn't have yeah. them on my list, but good franchise. I need to rewatch them. Yeah, they're very good. Uh, and I'm going to use that as a segue into... You asked me earlier what my favorite horror movie is, and it's another James Wan film. Um, it's going to be Saw. I, I love the franchise. The original or the whole franchise? I love the franchise. I mean, look... Some of them are not that good, I admit. Uh, but as a whole, I enjoy the franchise. And I know a lot of people, they kind of rip on that movie. They they describe it as torture porn. And usually the first thing I ask people that tell me they don't like the Saw franchise is, have you ever actually watched them? And a lot of them actually haven't seen them. Right. Um, so if you don't, if you feel you don't like these Saw movies, um, actually watch them, <laughs> please. Um <coughs> The first one is very good. At least the first three. The first three, yes. Like, yes. the other ones, you stop. That's yes. fine. I can I, live with it. But the first three are good. I agree with that. Um, yeah, the, they made a really solid trilogy when they did the first three. And then they did start milking it. I'll admit it. And it, be, it started to become over the top. Yeah. Like, the first three seem, even though implausible, plausible at the same time. Yeah. And as much as I enjoy the franchise, like, I, I will admit that after the third one, they're... they're they're not great movies. I still enjoy them just because I'm a fan. Yeah. But I would recommend anybody to see the first three. I think they made a really solid trilogy. And the thing that I like about it 
is you get to know the the killer. You get to know his story, his motivations, right. why he does what he does. You might not agree with him, but at least yeah, his motivations sometimes are a little light. But you think fun. so? I think so. Oh, you're a drug addict. So I get it. There's hundreds of thousands of them in this world. Well, the the idea behind the character is that he's somebody who is dying, yeah. and he sees people that don't appreciate Eight their lives. lives. Yeah, which is clever. Yeah. And the more you watch the films, the if, as you watch the sequels, they'll go more and more into the character and his history and, and things like that. And of course, it's 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 based and, and uh, people like the violence and they like the story, but it's the twist too. I mean, people watch them for the twists, and especially after the first one, which when you play back, people could probably guess some of it, but the main thing nobody ever coming. would. Who I, I, didn't, I didn't see it wasn't twist. even alluded to enough. The first, but the first one when you first watched, you didn't know a twist existed. Right. That's the thing. The second one you watch it. I didn't see the twist coming in the second I one. I got parts of it. I didn't get all of it. I remember sitting in the theater and figuring out parts of it. But of course, that's now your brain is constantly thinking. Like I didn't get the rainbow part. But there was other things. I again I haven't watched the second one in a while. Um but uh I remember sitting in the theater and I was telling my buddies, I'm like, I think I got some of what's going on here. And I did get some of it, but it didn't stop from it being an interesting movie. Well, don't give it away. Cause I, I think that uh, people should watch these films. Yeah. Cause I mean, if people have watched them, they've only seen the first one. I think the first one's if, pretty well. If seen. at all, I think a lot of people just heard word that these were torture porn films and never bothered with them. See, well, I mean, I get it. I mean, they get pretty gruesome. The violence is very graphic. Yeah. Yes. The first one, not as bad. I think, again, it's a, I don't think there is as bad. I mean, they don't, everybody knows the famous part of is they're going to cut the leg off. And pretty much right. in the trailer, that's how they sold the movie. You know, the poster was a, yeah, it was you're a gonna severed cut, foot. They show pretty much none of that. <laughs> they show the first slice mm-hmm. and that's it. And even like the shotgun scene is brutal. They don't really show it. Where the second one definitely gets ballsier when it comes to the graphic. They do they do have a lot of, of violence in them, but the third one becomes very violent. Yeah. That brain surgery portion is brutal. But there is still that story there, which is why I enjoy them. Right. They're not just they're not just torture porn to me. There's they're not. No, and I don't like the term torture porn to anything unless it's outright doing it. Um but yeah, no, the first three I'll totally agree with you. I, I they do get rougher, the bad guy's not as interesting. It's just, and, and, and no offense, the traps or whatever are not plausible. After like, the, what's that, the fifth one or sixth one where he has the room that crushes the guy? No, you don't. <laughs> you don't have that. That, like, that doesn't exist. That was not built in the small warehouse that you have all your stuff in. Like, that's where I was, like, starting to get a little ridiculous. Sure. But, you know. No, but I agree. I totally agree everyone should see the first three Saw movies. Yes, if you haven't watched them, honestly, just sit down, check out the first one, enjoy. Yeah. Uh, it's a, I think it's a lot better than people say. Agreed. I I agree. We have a good list here. This is good. But my favorite movie, mm-hmm. my favorite horror movie, which some people don't like, I don't care, is The Descent. I think The Descent is... Have you seen The Descent? Is it The Girls in the Cave? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's great. I, I think everything they've done to get them to the cave... The choices they're making in the cave aren't stupid, which they could be. And some people will say they are. I'm like, not really. They all know how to do this. They all know what it's like to be in here. They're not people that are just, they're they're cave hunters. And the way they explain it is, which I think is great in the movie, is she lied and put them to a cave that 
they didn't know they were going to. So nobody's going to rescue them. I'm like, okay, that's good. They created a villain out of it, which is always good because you need a villain outside of the, I think, completely creepy monsters in that movie that mm-hmm. are in the in the annals of the cave. Yeah. And I just think what they're doing, and like every girl reacts differently. Then yeah, of course there's going to be stupid mistakes. You're stuck in a cave. What other? What else is there to do? Like, and when you're panicking, when you're you're of course, I would be in the end of the world. I'd be like, the, what am I going to do here? And and then you have you know, once they start realizing that there's stuff in the cave with them, which I mean I don't know how much being trapped in a cave could get any worse than just being trapped in a cave. I'd love to see a movie where that's the horror. You're stuck in a cave. Good luck. Like I got one for you. Uh, buried. Oh, buried. <laughs> kind of. Not well, the not the same, but kind it's of. It's not a cave, but you're buried in a coffin, and they kind of have the same type of. Just ending. as terrifying. Just as terrifying. Right, and of course the descent's trying to get the claustrophobic people, which I'm not. It's the terrifying fact of can you get out? Is that physically possible? But I also think the creatures are totally believable. I mean, the first sequence where they figure out what they look like. You know, they're humans. I mean, they're humans that don't see the light, so they're albino. And I love it. I love the ending and just how miserable. It's pretty miserable. And it got famous for the big bloody pool scene, which I'm not really sure that's that's why that's the scene that got famous out of the movie on the poster. But, yeah, that's the I rewatch it, like, every other year. And every year, I'm like... It's good. I should probably watch it again. You should. I do get a few people that tell me it's just dumb. The girls are dumb, like... This is a really d- different situation here. I'm like, the panic mode sets in, and they're pissed at each other. Like, you know, they're pissed at the one girl for lying. They're, one girl gets, like, her leg broken right away, so they have that, too. They want to keep their friend alive. Like, there's so much going on that I think the dynamic is totally believable. But that's my favorite. I just... I feel like you rolled your eyes at Buried. You didn't like that one? That's fine. Uh, I didn't think... I also didn't... I guess you could classify it as a horror, but to me it's more of a thriller than anything. Well, yeah. But, um... I love those kind of minimalist films. Where, so do I. When you've got just a handful of actors in one location right. or something. Um, so do I. Yeah, it's good. I, I liked Buried. Yeah. And the ending didn't surprise me, really. Yeah. I, I Don't give it away, but... Yeah. I wasn't surprised at how it ended. Right. It kind of seemed like that's where they were going with it. It was... I thought it was... I, I felt claustrophobic watching it. Did you... say I don't have claustrophobia, so I, I just whole, don't... I don't the whole film feeling. was pretty much shot inside that, that coffin with them. Yeah, almost the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah, which is good. It, I like that. Yeah, you really felt like you were in there with him. Yep. He was just kind of using whatever resources he could find to try and get out of there. Right. It was really, really well done. Basically one actor in one location. Though. Yeah. Pretty pretty much the whole thing. I like minimalist movies like that. I like getting mm-hmm. stuck in a location with a person or two. Yeah. Yeah. All right, anything else before uh, before you head out? Um, I think that pretty much gives people a pretty good... A pretty good watch list. Yeah, I think the only other ones I'll just say really quick, just sure. because uh, Deep Blue Sea. I'm gonna throw off like like buried, kind of an odd horror movie, but sharks that are really smart can murder you when you're stuck underwater. I think it's kind of freaky and it's violent and cool. Uh, the other ones I like, I like They Live uh, with Roddy Roddy Piper. Yeah. Love They Live. How can't you? It's just fun, John ridiculous. Carpenter. John Carpenter at his finest. Mm-hmm. Good movie. Good quotes and just fun to watch. And that's where they originated the line, uh, I'm here to kick butt and chew bubble gum. I know, and nobody gives that movie credit at all. Nobody credits that movie <laughs> for it. I always think that because I'm a huge WWE fan. So the fact that Roddy Roddy Piper said it, nobody remembers Piper said it. I'm just like, because 
that video game Duke Nukem did it in the 90s. Right. Everybody That's believes where they think it it's Duke Nukem. I'm like, oh, it's so stolen. Like, mm-hmm. Unbelievable. But uh, and the other one, actually, we didn't touch on talking. Uh, oh, we didn't talk Player Witch Project quick, but we I think didn't, we didn't really talk about it. Yeah, I know. Um, but I think we know. both said that we enjoyed it. Yeah. It's a film that uh, I think it was effective. I remember seeing it in the theater, and I remember at the time a lot of people thought it was real. They right. thought that that was actual footage. Um, I remember people being affected by the film and it wasn't until later when people started to find out that it was fake and then suddenly, Oh, that movie was crap. Right. Nothing happened in it. Right. But you were scared at the time and it, and, it, and the ending is, is, is ingenious and it, cause it leaves you guessing. That's the scary part. And the film started a whole genre. You're truly, I mean, look at how many of the movies now I, we, we had this discussion off mic quick, but like, I can't stomach them. I don't know if there's a single since Blair Witch. If there's a single found footage movie I've watched, and now went, this is just misery to watch. Uh, there's actually there's oh besides one, which one? That's Paranormal. Activity. I was just gonna say there's the original, the original Paranormal Activity. I sat in a theater. I don't get scared. I don't. To me, I watch a movie. I know it's a movie. I know it's in a in a studio lot B on West Hollywood Boulevard. Like that does not leave my mind. Especially in horror. Like, it doesn't. Paranormal Activity, because of the way it was shot, the fact that it, what, $75,000 to make that movie, and the fact that it probably really was filmed at this person's house by, like, four people, considering... I think they have the highest return rate for budget in history of film. I'm pretty sure. Like, because I think it was seventy-five grand, and they made hundreds of millions of dollars. Yeah. It spawned a franchise. Well, yeah. But, man, did I sit in a theater, and that part... Towards the end with a the sheet, mm-hmm. man, I was like, it got me, and that was like the first time I went, good for this movie for being truly terrifying. I've enjoyed the first three paranormal okay. activities, um, especially the third one. The third one was the first one that I saw in the theater. Okay. And oh, you missed the first one in the theater. Yeah. Oh, I think if you would have saw it in the theater, you would have you would have had the you know, and I understand theater. Maybe this is a this is a future podcast podcast, but theater experience. That is that was theater experience. Mm-hmm. Like I sat in that theater and not a, I was at a packed house and it was silent. And I mean, people were silent. And then I'm like, this is perfect. Yeah. And it got me I, again. I don't get I don't get got at scary movies, but man. Well, I me. I enjoyed it even on video, Good. and I usually don't like ghost movies, like I mentioned earlier. But man, um, but there was no you didn't see it. Well, yeah, that was and, scary. The effects, so normally when I watch a ghost movie, like I mentioned before, I just, I see the effects and I'm thinking about how they did them. But in Paranormal Activity, I I still don't know how they did some of them. Right, again, if you think about it, the fact that I think there was four filmmakers outside of the actors. Like Again, it was shot for so little. Yeah. The pull from the, that's amazing editing and camera work. Yeah. To get her to pull all the way up to the attic. Like how, in a studio movie, sure. But they don't have that. Right. type of technology so it's editing at its finest right there yeah it, some of the effects are so well done that so i still well don't done. know how they did some yeah. of them and so i was into it like into i it. wasn't thinking about the effects because i couldn't i it just it just was really well done it was um and be, yeah because it is kind of found footage and it looks it looks low budget it doesn't but seem, without looking low budget like it looks good well i mean it's some good well, I know there's a part in the third one where it's 
literally just shot with like a, a camcorder that's been taped to like a, a oscillating fan. Oh yeah. And there's things like that where you feel like you're watching, you know, just some footage off a camcorder. Yeah. And so you, you it doesn't feel like these could be effects because it doesn't look like they have a budget for effects. Right. But they're so well done and they're so believable that you just feel like you're watching. You feel like you're watching real footage. Right. Um, but I really, I really enjoyed the first three films. Like I said, especially the third one, seeing it in the theater, I think made it even more effective seeing it with other people and they're screaming and stuff. Yeah. Um, but all three of those films really good. And for, for me, um, as somebody who usually doesn't enjoy those kind of films with ghosts and things, I really enjoyed it. So did I. I think it's one of the, I'd probably, if I had to rank like best horror movies, I'd put it on there just because of what it did. Sure. Yeah. All right. Any other last ones you got to sum up quick? Or are we good? I think, I think we've given, given people a, a pretty good yeah. list of things that they should be watching instead yeah. of Halloween 2018 <laughs> and your Halloween hangover when all this has hit you and it's like mid November and you realize there's no Thanksgiving movies out there besides planes, trains and automobiles. Watch some more scary movies that we just told you to. Right. Watch saw and the descent. Yes. Those are the three, or the two. Infernal Activity. Those are new ones. You only have to go old school and be freaked out by the budget and stuff. Mm -hmm. And check out Hatchet. And Hatchet. Like Instead I said, of Halloween. It's better. Like I said, I think there's a couple Hatchets on Amazon Prime. And again, iTunes and all the places you get these things. Sure. So, yeah, I think that was good. Thanks for uh, thanks for joining us again for episode two. And uh, check us out next week for our third episode. And uh, thanks so much for listening.